both of your time. It's all good. It's Jiggy Baby. While you've been out on the road Waiting for a new episode We've been thinking of you And just what you need Now that the show's underway I guess we can call it Call it a day You're all ready for The Bowfinger Show Welcome back to another episode of the Bowfinger Minute Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minute's hosts examine the 1999 Frank Oz-directed comedy Bowfinger, one minute of screen time per episode. I am your host, Austin Pryor, late of Malkovich Malkovich Minute Minute, and my guest is, of course, Luke Allen. Say hello, hello Luke. I'm, I'm still here. I've not disappeared <laughs> into the Good ether. stuff. Today we review the footage of Minute 83 of Bowfinger. Minute 83 has the gang still down in the dumps, but in comes the camera and sound crew with some footage to show. So, um, yeah, so what were your thoughts on this minute, Luke? Um, it was uh, it was interesting. I, I'm trying to like get into the mindset of when I first saw this film, and I honestly, I'm annoyed because I can't remember, like... Whether this came as a shock, um, it's nice. It sounds stupid, but it's they kind of set up this near the start, didn't they? Um, yes. Without us realizing, um, you must I appreciate not show it to the Laker it, girls. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate it that it wasn't a throwaway gag, and that it was a, a treated as a bad career ruining thing that he did. Um, yeah, and I think that was probably it. It was like okay, it's. <laughs> but it was it was um, hidden with other things that were just throwaway gags, you know. Just like, even though yeah, I think I might ignite. I probably won't. And happy premise, you know, is happy premises and all the little gags about like, oh, you telling me. Uh, Latoya Jackson doesn't have a chip in her brain. She just act like that, you know, <laughs> like all of these kind of lines that are that are yeah. just about how you know all how paranoid he is and how all of these fantasies he has, and showing it to the Laker girls is like you know uh, <laughs> these things. But of course, we don't actually see that in this minute. That's the next minute that we actually get to the revelation. But this is where we're setting it up of like uh, yes, yeah. the 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 guys just starting to review the footage. So so um. Yeah, they we see the shots of um, uh, uh, him playing tennis, of Kit Ramsey playing tennis, which ends up being at the start of Chubby Rain later on, which is amazing, an amazing touch. But um, I'd never properly uh, tweaked that. Yeah, no, that's a very yeah. good point. Yeah, that's the that was the gag of like they just used every bit of footage they had, you know. Um, but uh, it's just a great little. It's not really a twist; it's a plot development because, uh, you know, a twi- it's like set up and it's just the next. It's the, kind of the next, uh, 
step for the plot to go and it's uh in the next in the next minute yeah sorry i'll stop talking about that's the next minute um but yeah in this minute we're kind of transitioning into this plot reveal that hasn't happened yet and we're just it's really more about like getting this uh, other footage and the gags about like the um the crew the the mexican crew that bowfinger hired suddenly becoming or not suddenly but like they're, they've now reached this level where they're kind of saying things like, uh, we used a promise and tried to open up the aperture so we could give him a rim light. Hey, guys, you know, uh, which is a great line. But I'm not sure how well it actually applies to the shot they're watching, but I don't think that matters. But are you familiar with these particular um, film terms, the promised? Uh, so... so uh... <laughs> Sort of. Um, I'm putting it on the spot now. About, uh, (laughs) you know, people pretending that they know more than they do. Um, Is I, for the most part, can just about carry enough technical conversation to tell the crew what they need to do without having any knowledge as to what half of it means for myself. Um, So, Rimlight, I know. Uh, Promist, I'm I'm not certain i, I mean i had to I'm, look that up you know i've, I've missed it i mean the only one i the only one i knew not. without looking it up was was aperture um so yeah so the promist is the first one so promist is a is he's just short for a promised filter is what he's saying um so you're putting a filter on the camera that just diffuses a bit and gives you a misty look and um uh yeah so it's just one of the filters you can use and then you've got uh Try to open up the aperture. Obviously, just you know the the hole in the uh, that opens up when you take a still or a, a or, or you know for moving yep. images uh, twenty four times a second that opens us up and that allows the light in. And so, if you have the aperture open wider, more light gets in, which makes sense because if you were trying to create a rim light effect, you would open up the aperture. Because a rim light is, and again, I had to look this one up. Do you do you know this one? Well, now you've put me on the spot. I don't want to like, <laughs> say in case I'm wrong. So I'm also googling yeah. and checking because, uh, but um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm just checking. Rim light is like an idiot. you you light the outline of your subject so that they have. It's a very like if you see, if you look up listeners if you look up picture of rim light you'll see, oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen that effect, you know. It's where the outline of your subject, or maybe just their front profile, is, like, yes, lined. Yes, of course, yes. Is, like, lit up really well, and there's light kind of bleeding off the edge of their their figure, and then um, you, so you get this, like, very strong kind of effect of a rim light. But you can also so do a rim light when they're not, when they're, like, otherwise fully lit. Like, there were some examples I saw from The Hateful Eight, where people are fully lit and you can see their facial features and you can see their clothes and stuff but they but they also have like this stronger rim light picking out all the like bits of fur around that they're wearing and and picking out their facial features you know in profile so and if so I you can combine on, a rim light with uh, other lights if i set up this call on my if i set this call on my other desk I can't yeah. I do actually have a note of loads of film language terms so I know what I'm on about 
but there you on, go I'm literally at my other desk um, yeah but it's uh yeah that 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 was literally like back when i did a did a level film studies i found i got given that document and i found it the other day and i was like i'm gonna stick that on my wall just yeah just just check handy reference that i've, that I've yeah. got something to reference to but yeah i i i think i've just like proven like i don't know half as much as i should know but like yeah i just most of the time hey. at least yeah. on loads of sets i've been on we we haven't actually used half the terms and we just kind of like you know that thing we'll do that yeah, um, yeah. maybe yeah. i'm just working with very lovely dops who like don't mind well i mean but, it's also like it depends yeah, on what kind of director you want to be if you you know what i mean mm-hmm. if you want to be a christopher nolan and completely engrossed in the technical side of it um you know you gotta be like that and be but i think you know that's just his personality and his interest he he loves the technical side of things anyway so yeah you know then and i think that's you know that's kind of like probably what i would be because i'm really into the technology side of it mind you i don't know you know i don't know that much about cameras i i know more about like you know video technology and um and like the editing side of it and stuff but um the yeah so so but then there's like so so just just yeah go on i I kind of i'm so i'm mostly step stepping away from directing actually because i've on a lot of my own projects i've realized i kind of i write and produce and i enjoy that and i only direct because i've become a control freak over my script and i don't trust anyone else to to handle it so this sketch show i'm doing at the moment i've got like loads of different directors doing each sketch so i'm doing one yeah but I've got it's sort of a way for me to practice giving stuff to other people. So yes. I mean, at the moment, I've got a group. So it, from first time directors to like BAFTA nominated TV people, all kind of having a go at one of my sketches. But I think when I have directed, um, and when I do, I'm less technical and more performance based. Like I'm fascinated into talking with the actors about like their performance style. Like one of my the main actors I work with um, studied Meisner, and so I'm fascinated like in those sorts of conversations and yeah, that yeah. sort of thing. But yeah, I kind of I I I'd like to think I'm a decent writer and producer. I don't think I'm a good director, um, and so gotcha. yeah, it's kind of learning to let go. <laughs> yeah which is scary well you always like in any of these fields you always like to know as much about the technical aspect as you need to know in order to have the right conversations and have and get your point across and get Mm. and and be and understand what what feedback they're giving you and stuff um but uh but yeah um i think like if i you know were directing i would get like either I would have to get completely bogged down in the technical aspect and get to know it or I would have to just like completely sign off on saying like I, I you know I'll just direct the actors and I'll concentrate and I'll basically treat it like a play and you know director of photography can you please make it look good for me <laughs> can you compose the shots can you yeah, decide yeah I think it also you know? depends on yeah on how well how well you know your your dp and you know your crew that like yeah. you know i th- there are definitely two sides to things but also yeah if you're working with regular collaborators they know the vision you're going for you've talked about it all beforehand then often i kind of am more willing to trust them and kind of go yeah you you do what you want with it which sometimes works other times i get reflections in the actor's glasses uh but that's a that's a, <laughs> uh, a conversation for another day um but that that DP wasn't actually a DP. He was a mate with a camera, so it's a bit different. Yeah, but yeah. It's 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 
it's interesting. I, I think I know, on the scale I'm at at the moment, I know just enough to talk to the crew and um, they know me well enough, most of them, uh, to, to know what I mean. But yeah, it's interesting. And I can't believe we've, we've analysed so much on this, this one little bit. Also, can I just say, if they're looking through the rushes now, yeah. like, they, should have, they should have been doing that after every day. Um, I think they've seen the footage already. Oh, but he's. But I. Way, but I think. Have. Yeah, but I think it's like that. Um, Jamie Kennedy's character just kind of thought of it during production, and then was just like, "Oh, I got them to follow Kit around and see what they could get." You know what I mean? That like this is just something they've been doing. That's yeah. Towards that's the fair. end so of the project. Under... Mm. Like they've been doing that it wasn't basically under in... both fingers. Yeah. Say again. I said, so that wasn't necessarily under Bowfinger's direction. It was like, here's a thing. We've no, done. no, it's now it's like both Bowfinger in this minute. Bowfinger finds out that they were doing that. It yeah, was something that that, um, the, that the Jamie Kennedy character was like. Uh, he took an initiative on and was like, okay, see what the, see what you can get, and um, get yourself so, a crew like that. That's great. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> taking initiative, and uh, yeah, but but back to this specific line, which is a great line with the promise and the rim light and the aperture and all that. But it's like it doesn't apply to the footage we're watching at all. <laughs> it's like it's it's a reasonable <laughs> thing to say once you know what a promist and and a rim light are. It's like yeah, that is that makes sense. That's that makes sense to describe. Lots of shots and lots of things, but not this shot. <laughs> so I can kind of think it's just a bit of like movie timing, you know, where you just kind of say, well, by the time he's saying that line, we're probably looking at another shot and we're just, you know, we've just cut out moments of the movie. And, you know, I, I didn't believe that he knew what he was talking about, to be honest. Oh, I really? Felt like he. He he! I felt like he had those terms. Wanted to sound professional to Bowfinger. Knew that Bowfinger wouldn't really know what it meant, and that it was like enough to just oh, that's even at funny. This stage, convince them that they're professionals. I that's guess, how I'd read it. But yeah, I guess that's possible. But I've always read that line as the the, the joke for me is like suddenly these guys are amazing, you know, and um, and suddenly they're like Shut speaking, up. you know, that like that when they started. They couldn't speak English. They didn't have a clue what was going on. And now they're just all like, I've obviously been doing their homework and reading up. And, you know, they, they're like old pros at this stage, which is a great gag to do because you're kind of not spending that much attention. You're not uh, giving that much attention to these characters as the film goes on. So when they suddenly reveal this ability, you're kind of like, oh, I guess they could have been doing that in the background. You know, like they were doing am I right this that there was job a... of filming in the background. Yeah, am I aware? That, am I right that there was a bit where they were like talking about classic cinema and they were like talking yes, about... Yes, like, yeah, yeah. Okay. So that was the and other, that was that the other step on the journey. That was like kind of the mid-step that shows uh, they're actually getting into their movies now. And, uh, you know, they were just like... You couldn't understand. Well, I can't understand the Spanish they're speaking, and all you hear is just like you know, blah, 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 Stanley Kubrick, you know, blah, 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 um, you know, Easy Rider, you know, and they're naming like movies and directors and stuff, and they're like talking about you know. But once once again, I felt I felt like it read more as that they'd watched and even in that regard, they'd watched and read about what filmmakers talk about and would like 
I don't know. Maybe I'm really cynical. I just assumed that, like, like Bowfinger, they were kind of like BSing it a bit. But like, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. I, I mean, it's <laughs> like it would fit that that kind of that works too. But I do think, I do think the gag is just the like what S- suddenly they they know it. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, I like th- it. that's the attention of it. Um, but it uh, makes a lot more sense seeing, seeing Steve Martin coming up with this funny arc for these background characters yes. than the version that I've said. So yours probably yeah, and it's seems kind more of like, like what you would come up with in a writer's room. It's it's also like it kind of takes the sting out of the whole '90s politically incorrect kind of way that that that, that like it's a, it's kind of the same with Daisy's character because Daisy is kind of portrayed throughout the film as being like um you know she it's kind of it's kind of slut shaming it's kind of like it's making fun of her because she's just sleeping her way to the top and finding out but then by the end she's got she's kind of in her stride and she knows exactly what she's doing and she's like i'm i know why i'm doing this and this is how you get ahead and the the movie almost kind of says yeah, she knows what she's doing. You know, fair play. She's yeah, well, she's they, finding her way they, to get they ahead. They make and... you think that it's a stereotype, but what it is is they're starting with the archetype and then using that to develop. Which yeah. is yeah, it's so different to just conforming to the stereotype. I think yeah, yeah and that's why I, I I love Heather Graham's character in this because you do go straight in and go, oh, she's the dumb blonde who sleeps her way to the top. Exactly. But like, and then she's like, she knows oh, she yeah. is, which makes it so yeah. much better. Yeah. And um, and she's not, uh, and she's under no illusions as to what level of the business she's in. By the end, you no. know what I mean. She knows this. She's like, you know, I'm working, aren't I? You know, when when she when, um, she's like, oh, I figured it out. Well, she didn't figure it out. Actually, did, the Jamie Kennedy guy told her. But anyway, what well, another thing I was thinking is like, as soon as they're reviewing this footage, is like. Wow, they got the sound synced up very quickly. <laughs> it's like <laughs> this is this is film. They're watching film, and uh, there's just like there shouldn't be synchronized sound unless the guy with the tape deck is there, having you know queuing it up and syncing it up on the spot while they review each bit of footage. You know, yeah, um, that, that's I a, think that's we can really allow it for point. movie magic. You know, yeah, I, I that I'm surprised I didn't pick up on that, but that did. Yeah. But, but then, mind you, we're the technology now that we're working exactly. with is a lot you, more kind of synchronized. You wouldn't, be yeah, used to, you wouldn't be used to film. You wouldn't be used to thinking in those what, terms. What I absolutely love, this isn't this minute, but I, I think I've probably talked about it in my episodes, but literally my favourite moment in the whole thing um, is the scene when they're, out, they're outside, I think it's outside the cafe or the restaurant or whatever, and they've got someone dressed as the homeless man with the yeah. sign. And then he flips it and it's a reflector. Yeah. And I genuinely, I shouldn't have done, but there was a tiny bit of me that went, I might write that one down. Like, that's good. I liked it. It was a a very kind of clever way of of doing it. And I mean, I have have done, I I won't delve into it too much because we did, uh, I talked about it in my one, but I have done a fair bit of filming in public recently. Yeah. And like, you know, it's it's interesting. I've never had to go gorilla. Like, I'm always very, like, open about it. And that was actually one of my favourite... Things. It was just, it was the week, I might have brought this up with you before, because it was literally the week before we met last year. Yeah. Um, I was on a film in Manchester, and I remember we were filming um, 
on Canal Street in the gay village in Manchester. We were doing this one scene. And um, we went uh, to the one of the bar staff at one of the clubs and said, are we okay to like film outside? You know, really like the setting. And they were like, oh yeah, it's fine. Um, and then at one point the manager came out and were like, are you guys filming outside my bar? And I was like, oh, okay, this is... We were like, what we were told by the other person. Was, oh, no, no, it's all fine. I just, could you use that table instead of that one because it looks cleaner? <laughs> that that was yeah. it. And it was just like, oh, okay. Uh, but people loved, even in Manchester, which is like, you know, the centre of like media and film students and everything else, where I thought they'd be bored of it. People loved seeing something being filmed yeah. in their area. Yeah. Like people were walking past and taking pictures of the film crew out. And people, like, random people came up to me and were like, can I come and be in it? And I'd, like, I'd just hand them a release, they'd sign it, and they'd sit in the background for, like, a couple of hours. It was, like, it, it was lovely. So I feel like by going guerrilla, even though they obviously had to, they missed out on, like, a bit of fun. Feeling like you're, 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 you're the excitement in town, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's cool. Um, I mean, I love seeing stuff being filmed and, um, you know, my experience of film sets is, like, being an extra a couple of times and having um and and being on troubleshooters and then oh well of course there is <laughs> i i did play the titular role in hell's drifter and uh i've kind of hinted at that a couple of times on podcasts i really should do something about that and and kind of uh, let people see that because it is um well, it's something. <laughs> um, I also want to ask you. Um, you you said in one in a, in a group chat about you having been in a scene in PS I Love You. Which scene was it? I want to try and like um, in PS I Love You. Show. I wasn't even an extra on the movie for the whole production. Uh, a friend of mine was involved in the production, and he rang me up saying we're short on extras for an outdoor evening scene. And can you be, you know, in this such and such a location in Dublin City in, you know, less than an hour? And I was like, yeah, great, I'll go in. So I just went in and gave them my, like, you know, PPS number, my social security number kind of thing in my name. And then so they just, like, got me in the system quickly. And then, um, yeah, I just kind of stood around. And it was for this scene where I can't remember exactly where it was. In, in It was on the... South side of Dublin City, not a million miles away from Christchurch, uh, for people who know Dublin. And it was like a cobbled back street that we were going down, coming at, people coming out of a pub. And all I saw was like, I saw Lisa, is Lisa Kudrow in that film? Yes. Yeah. yeah so it was Lisa Kudrow's lighting double, her, her stand-in. Was was there doing the walk and um, to get? I, I've never seen the film, so I think I would recognize the scene because I remember where it was. And um, but then I don't know. They must have. They must not have. I don't remember seeing the real Lisa Kudrow. So I don't know if we ran out of time to film or what because it was uh, 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 you know. But I got paid, so you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I do genuinely like. I know, I know. My opinion uh, in regards to rom coms isn't like you know, the, the general critical one. I do genuinely recommend the film. I, I rewatched it not too long ago, and it's it's a lot more than it's advertised and promoted as. Like, I yeah. genuinely think it's a very, very sweet film. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I can't think of. Even though I watched it literally like last week, I, I can't think um, 
what scene that could be because there's a, there's like a lot in in Dublin. It's kind yes. of, I mean the whole novel's Irish and then they go and make it American but still put a bit of Ireland in it. I don't know. Yeah. It's, that's that's always a is, there's always a mess to that yeah yeah i once read the book on a bus and yeah. um big pink cover front page of, front of the bus and i was like crying through the book and i was like this is going to be like the most emasculating moment of my life is just <laughs> <reading this big laughs> crying on a book, bus crying at the first chapter and i was it was one point where the moment that happened I was like you know what there's no going back now i'll just i can't cover it up just keep going Absolutely. and just yeah that because that was the anyway bowfinger that was the that was the masculine moment where you're like yeah i'll show my tears i don't care that's the real the real man who's able to express their feelings and uh, anybody else uh, has a problem with that that's their problem yeah yeah there you go uh, it's a good book as well i recommend the book okay Um, i I will uh, never read it (laughs) uh, bowfinger yeah, no, that's 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 fair. Um, <laughs> who knows? Yeah, who if, knows if we, if we where life will this, take me? Maybe I will read it. I mean, it's not it's not Love Rosie. That's that's Cecilia Ahern's best work. But uh, oh yeah, uh, speaking of Love Rosie, um, did you you never got to finish that? Not, not not that I'm anyone to talk. Obviously, I haven't put out an episode of my own podcast in well over a year. So, um, what about you? Yeah, we we kind of. Um, it, it it's so it was a thing which I, I I love doing the show. I've listened back to the show um, recently because that's a thing that is that a thing you admit to like listening back to your own show. I was just feeling nostalgic. I, I like, certainly listen to everything I put out, and if I edit it, I listen to it multiple times. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. And when I'm on guest appearances, I, I listen straight away because I'm like, hey, let's just check yeah. that like. I didn't say anything awful, uh, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I was listening back to Love Rosie just because we were talking about our minute by minute uh, meetup and stuff, and I was like, I haven't hosted a show in ages. What does it sound like? Yeah, I listened to one, and then I was like, you know what, this is all right. And then I kind of listened to most of the show. Um, but uh, yeah, it's literally <laughs> just that like availabilities um, changed. Uh, Ellen and I were kind of recording every week for a large part, and then uh, it was my call to go on hiatus because. I was about to film um, a short I was working on at the time, but it was like taking up tons and tons of my time. So I said, how about we take yeah. a break and get back in September, September 2021, <laughs> this was. Um, yeah. And then it kept just kind of things, you know, then that was A-levels year. Um, and so exams and stuff happened. And now, like, Ellen is traveling the world. She is um, yeah. in Vietnam, she's in now or something. Like, she's, she's traveling all over. So it's... Uh, yeah, and I'm I'm in Telford in an, an office talking on a on a podcast. Uh, so we've got different lives. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Absolutely. I would I would love at some point to just finish it because it's only a few episodes we have left. You know, years down the line, mm-hmm. I can't imagine many people are going to be like, "Oh, love Rosie podcast back and tune back in." There might be like two people, <laughs> but for my own yeah, but just for yourself, I yeah. would love to yeah. get it get it done and. Um, one of the uh, the actors we were trying to get on the show for ages uh, followed us on social media about a year ago, and so like I'm like we could maybe we could get them, you know, if we get back and kind of yeah. bring them on. But yeah, the, the whole the whole team behind Love Rosie were really supportive of, of the show. The director came on in one of our earlier episodes and like I heard it, yeah, and stuff. It was it was really nice because that's what I loved about picking like because obviously with About Time and Love Actually, and I'm sure as you found with with Malkovich, it's like they're quite big films. They're 
about time didn't have a ton of criticism, you know, analysis, but it's still it's a big mainstream movie. People have talked about yeah. it. People have written about written about it. Whereas doing something like Love Rosie, Christian Ditter and the cast and everything else, it's quite weird and exciting for them that like, oh, someone's talking about our film that we made like you know eight years ago or however long it was in in detail and they want to hear it they want to support it we've had several people involved in the show we never got round to having on but we're like sharing our posts and still react to our instagrams and things like that now so it's like i i would love to just get it done even if it was like one episode talking about the last like half hour you know it would be a no no yeah i can't do that let's just get the law let's get it out of the way yeah, yeah, yeah. but is it is it more or less against against the law than just you know not finishing isn't that one of the minute by minute rules? i think it's more it, i think it's, it. i think it's but, more uh, yeah um because yeah, no, that's, uh that's fair because if you don't finish it you you can still finish it yeah no that, that, that you know what sense. i mean well if you're if you, you know if um <laughs> If if uh, we end up doing anything or visiting any of the um, Love Rosie locations in our in our Dublin trip later this year, maybe even I'll just record there you a go. personal like five minute. Yeah, like, yeah, and then hey, you can here's a put thing. segments into those to those minutes and stuff. Yes, but uh, yeah. So if anyone's a huge fan well, I'm of the first gonna... two thirds of Love Rosie and doesn't care about yeah. the end, then they should check out the. Show. <laughs> <laughs> right well uh, looks like that's the end of another Bowfinger Minute uh, listeners you can find the Bowfinger Minute podcast on Apple Podcasts Spotify and Google Play or at the main site on the open web at bowfingerminute.com and uh, if you have the time please like subscribe and review the show on Apple Podcasts join the Facebook group Welcome to Mindhead, the Bowfinger Minute Listener Center. And on Twitter, we're Bowfinger Minute. We'll be back tomorrow with another Bowfinger Minute. In the meantime, keep it together. Keep it together. Keep it together. Keep it together, children. I hope that we will see you again. Because there's always. One more show There is always One more show Jiggy baby